0: John chapter 1 verses 35 through 51. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. and Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Let us pray for God's blessing upon his word. Lord God, we thank you for the revelation of salvation through Jesus Christ, whom you have promised from ancient times and who have sent to us uh, in these last days, that we might uh, draw near to you with great confidence uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that you would strengthen us, edify us, direct us through your word to give us an understanding of what you have written here for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In this passage, uh, Jesus begins to call people to follow him, and in fact, other people begin to tell people to follow the Lord Jesus. You'll notice in this passage that there's a word that's found uh, maybe five or six or seven times in the passage, and that's the word find, or really found. That Jesus found Philip, that people say, We have found Jesus, we have found the Messiah. And they go find people. He found Peter. He found Nathaniel. And they go tell those people that they have found the Christ who had found them. There's a lot of seeking and finding. And in particular, the message is that we have found the Messiah. And having found the Messiah, it is fitting to follow him and to tell others about him. Now, there are three examples here of people who who find Christ and bring others to him. Uh, John the Baptist evangelizes, and Andrew evangelizes, and Philip evangelizes. Do you know what the word evangelize means? It means to, to gospel, uh, to, to tell people the good news about Jesus Christ, uh, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what these people do. They evangelize. They say, there is Jesus. He is the Christ. He is the Savior. I have found him, and I want you to come to follow him as well. And that's essentially what evangelism is. It's to tell people the good news about Jesus, that he is the Christ. And we'll talk more about what it means to be the Christ, but basically to be the Savior. First, let's look at how John evangelizes. John, this is John the Baptist, who John the Apostle is writing about. John the Baptist had told everyone that this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world when Jesus came to be baptized by him. And now it's the next day, and he's with two of his disciples, disciples of John, people who are learning from John. And he tells his disciples as Jesus goes by, Behold, the Lamb of God. There's the Lamb of God, right there. And so these two disciples, they go uh, to follow the Lamb of God. They, they trust their, their teacher that they should now leave their teacher and go to the teacher, to go to uh, Jesus Christ, he, because he is the Lamb of God. I don't know if you remember what we said last week about the Lamb of God, but first of all, it means that he is from God. He is the Lamb that God has provided, the Lamb God has provided for the sacrifice That he is the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. And he takes away the sin from you by bearing it himself. That our sin is laid upon him. And like a sacrificial lamb, he dies for the sin of the world. He dies for the sin so that all those who believe in him might not perish, but have everlasting life. That we're not condemned for our sins, but are rather uh, given life and reconciliation with god so john points out this is the lamb of god this person this one who has come to be baptized by me and yet who is before me uh, who is the son of god and he sends out his disciples to follow him now it was the 10th hour what that means is that it was two hours until sunset they divided their daylight hours into 12 hours and so this was the 10th hour of daylight There were two hours left before the sun went down. So they ask Jesus where he is staying uh, so that they can uh, learn from him. They call him rabbi. Notice there's several places in this passage where it interprets words. It interprets rabbi. It interprets Messiah. It interprets Cephas. These are all Hebrew or Aramaic words uh, that would have been used. But since John is writing in Greek, he also translates them into Greek. So that his readers could understand what he's referring to. So they call Jesus a rabbi, uh, which means teacher. And they want to learn from him, so they want to stay with him. And they stay with him that night. Jesus shows them where he is staying. Notice Jesus welcomes those who come to seek him. Jesus welcomes them and shows them where he dwells. Jesus is later going to talk about dwelling with him. How Jesus will make his home with his disciples how he goes to prepare a place for his disciples in his father's house, how he prepares a place for us in glory so that we will be with him forever. Jesus does not turn away these disciples, but he says, come and you will see. And so they come to follow Jesus. The second person we see evangelize is one of these two disciples. One of these two disciples, we know the name, And that man's name is Andrew. Andrew is known here primarily as Simon Peter's brother because by the time the gospel is written, Peter is more well known. People know Peter, uh, Simon Peter. But it was Andrew first who as a disciple of John went to see Jesus. And the first thing he does is he goes to find his brother. If you hear some good news that's really exciting, what do you think you usually do, Anne? If you find some really good news, you might go tell someone, right? Do you think you tell your brother or your sister? Well, that is what uh, Andrew does. As soon as he hears about Jesus and he comes to meet, be with him, he goes to tell his brother. And what does he tell his brother? We have found the Messiah. And the fun thing about the word found is that it's the word Eureka. Eureka! I've found it! That's what it means. Well, they had found the Messiah. Now, who is the Messiah? Do you know? Do you, it's Jesus. But you, you know what it means? Messiah is a Hebrew word, and it means anointed one. And it's the same as the Greek word Christ. We use the word Christ more often, Jesus Christ. And That he is uh, the anointed one, but the Hebrew word was Messiah. And that's the word they would have used. But the anointed one meant that he was their prophet, priest, and king. Kings were anointed when they were made king with oil. The priests were anointed to designate them for a special office to, to represent the people and to offer sacrifices. And the prophets were also known as anointed ones, although they were usually not formally anointed with oil, although uh, Elijah was sent to anoint Elisha. Uh, But they were known as anointed ones, anointed by the Spirit. And in fact, Jesus was anointed, and everyone knew it, or should have known it, when he was anointed by the Holy Spirit at the baptism of John. That this was the anointed one. This was the one that they had all been expecting. The one who would come to save his people. As a prophet, to tell them everything they needed to know, to reveal the will of God for their salvation. As a priest, to... Uh, to redeem them, to reconcile them to God by a sacrifice. They might not have known it, but he himself would be the sacrifice. And as a king, to, to subdue them to himself, to rule and to defend them, uh, to uh, return one day to make all things right. Again, there was a lot they didn't know yet at the time, but they knew he'd be like a king like David, like a good shepherd who would guide and protect the people of God, and to bring them in safety uh, to the end. And so the, they had found the Messiah. They had found the Christ. Now notice again, evangelism is simply is essentially telling other people about Jesus, who he is, that he is the Christ, he is the Savior. That's the main message of these disciples. Now, they could assume that the people they were talking to already knew the Old Testament, they already knew who the Messiah was. They just didn't know who he, who, which person the Messiah was, but they knew what the Messiah was going to be like, or somewhat. So they could just say, Jesus is the Messiah. Today, we usually have to explain what that means and why we need one. Why do we need a Savior, right? Sometimes we need to fill in more explanation for, well, not only other people, but for us as well. But the point is to get to Jesus. What do you think of Jesus? how, How do you know what you know about Jesus? Let's see what the Bible says about Jesus. Well, Andrew brought Simon Peter to Jesus. We don't hear a lot about Andrew in the rest of the Bible. He shows up a few times. He was an apostle. But we hear a lot more about Peter, that he wrote some of the books in the Bible, and he often spoke up to speak for the apostles. But it was because Andrew had brought him to Christ. If you bring someone to Christ, you don't always know how God will use them. They might end up being more influential than you are, but that's okay. Uh, God can use every part of his body, every member of his body, uh, to build up the body. And sometimes that is through bringing someone to Christ. And Andrew wastes no time in bringing others to Christ. He began with his brother. If we believe Jesus is the Christ, why would we keep that to ourselves? God often works through relationships that already exist. He already usually assumes that you already know people, that you have to work alongside other people, that you typically have siblings or relatives. Um, Sometimes we want to be especially friendly so that we can tell other people about Jesus. But we want to be good friends, not just for that sake. But then having those relationships, it should be natural that we want to share what's so good with the people that we know. Uh, to tell one another about Jesus, to learn more together about Jesus, and to tell our coworkers and our siblings and our relatives and our friends and our neighbors. Well, what happens when Simon's brought to Jesus? Jesus tells Simon what he's gonna make him. Simon did not begin as a rock, but Jesus would make him a rock, well, as solid as a rock, or as as firm as a rock. He says, "You shall be called Cephas, or maybe more exactly, Cephas, Cephas, which is again the Aramaic Hebrew word for rock, and then Peter is the Greek word for rock. But they both mean rock. That he, I'm gonna, you are going to be called rock." Now, why would Peter be called Rock? It's not because he was very firm. He could be impulsive. He could be unsteady. But over the course of his discipleship, he would uh, declare that Jesus was the Christ. And that even though he denied Christ, he would repent and be a firm witness for the identity of Jesus, that he was the Christ, declaring the message about him. And so the apostles in general and Peter as a spokesman, would be a foundation stone for the church witnessing to Christ, who is the cornerstone. So we all build upon that rock as we confess the same thing, we believe the same thing about Jesus. Well, let's look at the third example, that of Philip. Philip evangelizes as well, but first, Jesus finds Philip. It says, The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Philip was a neighbor of Andrew and Peter. They were from the same town of Bethsaida that was in Galilee in the north, along the Sea of Galilee. But Philip doesn't only follow Christ, he also finds Nathaniel to bring him as well. Nathaniel was also from Galilee in a town called Cana, which we're going to come across in the next chapter. That's where Jesus turns water into wine. That was the hometown of Nathaniel. He might be the same as Bartholomew, which means son of Ptolemy. Um, and that's the name used for an apostle in the other gospels in Acts. And Nathaniel might be the same person, but we don't know for sure. But we know that this is a person who would follow Jesus. Philip told Nathanael about Jesus, even though Philip had a lot to learn. He only learned about Jesus or began to follow him, you know, that day. But he already began to say what he knew. He did say that Jesus was of Nazareth and the son of Joseph. Those things could have been stated more precisely. Even though he was from Nazareth, he was actually born in Bethlehem. But maybe Philip didn't know that yet. He says he was the son of Joseph. And then technically he was... He was adopted by Joseph, but he was conceived in a miraculous way. But perhaps Philip didn't know that yet or didn't know it enough to explain it. But even a basic, imprecise message is useful because of what Philip says next. Philip says, come and see. Come and see. Philip is, uh, Nathaniel's a little skeptical. Like, I'm not sure. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I've never heard of anything good come out of Nazareth. But Philip says, well, come and see. Come and learn more. Let us go to Jesus. You need to investigate. You need to learn more. And he also talks about the law and the prophets that the Old Testament witnessed to him as well. And so this is to be part of our message as well. Not only telling people what we know, but also telling them to come and learn more. Come and study the scripture with us. Come and Learn from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Come and study, learn and see. Behold the Savior. And then when you come to Jesus, you keep on learning with us as a disciple. It's like in Isaiah where they say, come, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us learn his ways that we might walk in his paths. Well, that's exactly what Philip was doing. This is also the key to overcoming prejudice and skepticism. You know, Philip was a little skeptical about anything from Nazareth. Nazareth was a small town, apparently didn't have a good reputation, and it was also a a new town. So there wasn't any Old Testament prophecies that were very obvious about Nazareth. People today sometimes are skeptical towards the gospel as well. They might have their own prejudices, their own experiences that make them a little suspicious. Often there's misunderstandings or uh, bad opinions that need to be corrected. And so the answer is to come and see, to investigate, to consider Jesus, to learn more about him. The fact was that Jesus was actually born in Bethlehem, and there were certainly prophecies about that, and that he came from Nazareth because he was also fulfilling prophecies like Isaiah 53, that He would grow up like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him. He came in a lowly manner, not like a great Roman emperor coming in worldly glory. But even before those things were learned, Nathanael's doubt was overcome by Christ himself. Jesus knew Nathanael, even if Nathanael didn't know Jesus very well. He said, here is a true Israelite without any deceit. You know, he's not hypocritical, he's honest, he's an honest seeker. Perhaps he's also referring to not only Israelites, but Israel. You know, Jacob was named Israel. Jacob was known as the cheater, as Jacob, but then his name got changed. Uh, Perhaps there's a little uh, hint of that here as well, that he is Israel, not Jacob. There's no deceit in him. But then Jesus also shows his ability to know his heart by also showing that he could see beyond what the eye could see, that he had already seen Nathanael while he was sitting under the fig tree. And so that showed Nathanael that this was no ordinary man. And he instantly became convinced, you are, you, you, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus says, you haven't seen anything yet. There is going to be more that you are going to see greater than this. But these were true terms. In fact, truer than Nathanael probably realized. John has already talked about how Jesus was the Son of God even from all eternity, the only begotten of the Father. Did Nathaniel understand that yet? We don't know. But he was on the right track, and he was confessing the truth about Jesus. Not only that he was the Son of God, but that he was the King of Israel. Not just that he in his person was was God himself, but that he also had come to deliver his people. And then Jesus tells them all something very interesting. Verse 51, the U is plural, so he's speaking to all the disciples, and he says, And he said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, (coughs) you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now, do you remember when we read back in Genesis about something where the angels were ascending and descending? on the ladder that Jacob saw? Well, Jesus is saying that he is like that ladder, that he is the link between heaven and earth, between God and man, and that the angels would ascend and descend on him, that he is the one who has revealed the Father to us, uh, who has come as God in the flesh, and who also brings us to God, that we might be in union with him. And so that the angels come for our help and our aid because Jesus is our mediator, our redeemer. So he brings them to help us so that they're not an angel of death to destroy us as God's enemies, but rather as ministering spirits to help and to aid us. And so God's favor and aid and angelic help comes to us through Jesus Christ. Heaven is open to us in Christ. We have come to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the assembly in heaven, to the angels in festal gathering, to the church below, all of us under Jesus Christ. And so we have found the Messiah. And we know probably even more than these early disciples did. But like them, we should follow Jesus. We should come and see. We should learn more and more about our Lord, learn from him as our teacher and then tell other people that we have found him, so that they can learn with us about him and to be saved with us by him. Let us pray, dear Father. We thank you for your mercy and grace towards us, in sending your only begotten Son uh, in your love for sinners, that uh, he has come to bring us to you that Through him, we have access to you as our Father and our help. We pray that you would defend us through your angels and through your power and your providence, that you would protect us and guide us in your ways. We pray that you would instruct us through Jesus Christ, that we might be built up in faith and holiness. We pray that you would save sinners, that you would bless our witness and word and deed, the witness of your church to revive and edify the saints to bring new life to those who are dead, to those who are lost in unbelief. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.